Just a week ago, we spoke with actor Hwang Joo-min, who has paved a unique, unprecedented path on Broadway as a Korean musical actor. This week, we prepared a follow-up, another trailblazer who is rewriting Broadway history. She became the first Asian-American female composer on The Great White Way, nominated for the upcoming Tonys. We have composer Helen Park joining us from New York City. Uh, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. <laughs> the Tony Awards are just days away uh, this weekend, in fact. How do you feel, Helen? Uh, you know, I feel so incredibly honored just to be nominated and included in this uh, prestigious award ceremony. Um, and yeah, I'm just incredibly thankful. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case our listeners are not caught up, I just want to tell them your backstory. You wrote, produced, orchestrated the Broadway musical, K-pop's score and lyrics. You're nominated for the best score category for the Tonys. What are your general thoughts on the K-pop genre having a moment on the global stage and now even the big musical stage? Yeah, I mean, I think the significance of this show being on Broadway is definitely, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it can't be understated. Um, I think uh, it really represents a major milestone on Broadway um, for its diver um, diversification and, um, and Broadway recognizing K-pop as a global cultural phenomenon um, through the show. Um, it means a lot as for me personally, as a Korean American, uh, it really is such a, almost like a miraculous moment. Mm -hmm. uh, my family lives in Korea and uh, I'm here. And I just feel like through this show, I could share, you know, myself um, on Broadway. And I just hope that it opens doors for more diverse culture specific stories and uh, different uh, musical styles on Broadway. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think that it's just en enriching the musical theater scene mm. overall. I, I mean, I think the audience is demanding it, in fact, more representation, more different stories and different cultures having a place, not just in Broadway, but we're having similar conversations in TV shows and movies. And so it must be an exciting time for a creator like yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about your process? I know some it, it tend to be secretive, but the ones that you can share anyway. You wrote the musical K-pop score, lyrics along with recognized composer uh, Max Vernon. Can you tell us first about the music that you created? And I know they're all precious to you, but which song is particularly special? Yeah, so um, our musical K-pop um, has music that is actually, in my mind, a representation of the vast array of K-pop music I listened to while growing up. Um, I had deep love for, you know, the 90s ballads. And we don't really hear that as much anymore, but <laughs> I still love it. And I know a lot of K-pop music is influenced by that. So I wanted to incorporate this ballad in a number called Still I Love You. Um, and, and that is a solo song that's sung by Luna, mm -hmm. uh, who played our main character, Mui. And um, of course, we also have the idol music that is very um, probably the most familiar to the um, to the global audience. Um, I tr tried to recreate that and deliver it with, you know, a catchy melody and variety of different genres, 
grooves like dubstep, R&B, disco pop, and progressive house. And yeah, I think the song that is the most special to me is probably this song called Mute Bird, Pong mm. uh, I love it because I think it encapsulates the overwhelming feeling of being a bilingual person or a foreigner to a country, and even people who are going through a lot of pain that there's no word to express their emotions. Um, I also think that the music is very soaring and it reminds me of the feeling of Han. You know, um, this is a feeling that Koreans know what it is, but it's really hard to describe. But when I, I listen to that song, I think of that feeling. And so, yeah, it's a special song to me. Mute Bird. I, I just really want, I want a chance to listen to these songs. I found a few. Um, I even saw Ashley Park uh, doing a rendition of one of the songs on the musical K-pop. But I wish I could see it in person. I mean, it sounds beautiful. And maybe there's a universal theme in there in, in the song you just mentioned, Mute Bird. It's not just about, you know, the living as an outsider or a minority, but maybe if you feel like an outsider, maybe if you can't properly express yourself, that song might be a beautiful outlet. Thanks for sharing, Ellen. Uh, I wonder, uh, you're, you took eight long years to create K-pop the musical with your team. Um, one might argue that's a long time. Others say it takes that long to create something beautiful. What were some of the difficulties you faced along the way and only to be, of course, faced with something that troubled all of Broadway, the pandemic? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of challenges with this show, um, you know, regardless of the pandemic, I mean, for me, what the biggest challenge was, um, I really felt like I needed to recreate the high quality and polished nature of K-pop. It's such a competitive field and um, it is a competitive um, industry where the the pressure of making a really good um, product almost um, in K-pop um, industry like that. You can't just fake it, you know. Um, there's so many people pouring in so much efforts and, you know, so much money into it. And so I wanted to honor it the best I can. And so I had to really up my music production game and just make it make sure that it feels um, accurate to the culture and the genre. And uh, yeah, so the the details um, something is something that I really focus on um, recreating. And um, another thing was that it is a bilingual score right. because it is both in Korean and English. And so just balancing how much and where these Korean and English lyrics go, um, it was it took a lot of uh, trial and error and. Um, you know, being in the audience shoes and trying to figure out how to, how to still keep the audience engaged. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then the pandemic happened. And uh, of course, that was just like, personally, it was so, um, you know, unpredictable what was going to happen next. Um, we were supposed to go into a theater in 2020. But then all of that dream sort of felt like it was vanished. Um but, you know, during that time, you were able to uh, really um, get into the, uh, you know, there was a reckoning in, in America. Uh, a lot of, you know, the Black Lives Matter happened and um, a lot of Asians, you know, through the Stop Asian Hate movement, um, they were able to uh, sort of reckon and, uh, 
you know, face their own identity and, um, you know, learn how to embrace um, our authentic, you know, heritage. Mm. And um, so that sort of shifted our uh, our um, approach to our show. And uh, yeah, that really uh, helped us actually in the end. So yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> did, did a lot of script writing or, or maybe even scenes of the musical change because of those movements, do you think? Yeah, you made those edits along the way, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, more bold um, approach in the in the book, I think, mm-hmm. um, in the dialogues, you know, it felt more honest. Um, in my opinion, um, our book writer, Jason Kim, delivered that so, so well. Um, for me, uh, I just put in a little bit more honesty in the songs. I mean, I always go for that anyway, but yeah. <laughs> there was one particular song called Halfway that I wrote during the pandemic, and it is particularly about the experience of being uh, half Korean and half American. So it's like a bi- biracial um, person's experience. And um, yeah, like, you know, for me, I'm a musician, so it's all about the feels. And just like I try to um, capture that feeling of um, always feeling like halfway there. And um, yeah, but I was, I guess I through that, um, all those movements um, and through that pandemic, it just made me uh, more empowered to to communicate these feelings and these stories in a more brave and um, confident way mm. and with a sense of more responsibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, generalizations, stereotypes, whether it's good or bad, you know, like, if people are like, yeah, Asians are beautiful. Like that is not, you know, that is not the message. You know, I really wanted people to feel the human complexity in, you know, these K-pop stars. And I just wanted to, yeah, capture that. And, you know, watching the reviews probably doesn't do it justice because, I mean, I didn't have access to watch this musical live and I wish I did because it takes you on a journey, these musicals usually, and as told by you, through these beautiful compositions. And so you have to look at the heart of the story and maybe not just look at the headliners. The mass media is guilty of that. My apologies. (laughs) Uh, Helen, because uh, we have a little bit more time on the clock, I do want to ask about your personal journey just a little bit. You began to seek a musical career at the age of five studied classical piano i know you said you don't like generalizations but i think there's a stereotype out there that for koreans it's a pretty natural rite of passage to learn piano most of us don't see it through then you made a pretty dramatic shift to pursue medicine and only to go back to chase maybe the original dream i mean talk about drama in your personal journey what's the story there yeah, so I was uh, trained um, on classical piano, yeah, like a lot of other Korean <laughs> kids. Um, and my mom had high hopes for me to be a world-class classical pianist. Um, but uh, when we moved to Missouri, when I was in second second grade, um, I went on this Missouri State competition. And the first year, I got third place. And then... And my mom was quite happy with that. But then on the second year, um, I got second place. <laughs> and my mom was like, you know what? If you're not first place in Missouri, 
I don't think you're going to be a world pianist. <laughs> Tough <she> love. Like, <laughs> she was like, uh, okay, so music is your hobby from now on. Um, and, you know, that kind of freed me up to explore other genres like pop and jazz and whatnot. Yeah. But, but yeah, I kind of was convinced that I should go into medicine like my parents. Um, and so I went to pre-med um, in college. But in third year of college, I was just um i felt like i needed to take a stab at music even though it's so risky and yeah maybe i'm not good enough i just felt so passionate about mm -hmm. um, music and i i i made the decision to choose um i knew there could be regrets but i wanted to choose a regret of having tried and totally failed than um than not having tried at all so um yeah so that there the, another shift happened and um i just went for music and i just love songwriting but um i i remember my deep love for musical theater growing up mm -hmm. so i pursued um this path of musical theater writing and at this point in time no regrets right <laughs> no regrets. So, and my parents I came around and they're happy. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening right now. <laughs> Thank you, parents, for allowing Helen to pursue her dreams. Without her, we wouldn't have K-pop the musical. Uh, it, it seems, Helen, that inclusivity and universality both seem to be key to the success of K-pop. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, you don't have to continue to pursue just K-pop. It could be a different kind of representation. So what is next for you? Yeah, I'm... I just love storytelling through music and I really love fusion and um, K-pop, this show was very unique in that we tried to stay true to the genre structure and it's almost like pop songs embedded in the musical, um, like almost like a play with music, actually, when you think about the structure, but um, I've been trained in, um, in actual musical theater writing where uh, you know, you take the traditional structure that has worked over so many years and, and throughout so many shows um, and you fuse it with a specific genre or sound like how like Lin-Manuel Miranda did um, in The Heights. Uh, it is a show that has, uh, you know, hip hop influences and rap, but it is very much true to um, the traditional sort of Broadway structure. Right. So. Um, it is kind of its own sound. It's like its own world. And I just love um, being able to do that through musical theater. Uh, and so, yeah, I just want to explore so many, many different uh, sounds and um, stories. Uh, and I do agree with you that, you know, just because I'm Korean, um, I don't like to be just pigeonholed to be, mm. you know, a, a K-pop writer or just like an Asian story writer, you know, um, because I do think that, you know, I identify as not just Asian or Korean. I, I, I identify as, a, you know, a woman, um, you know, a, a, a mom, a wife, you know, there's so many um, other things than my Asian identity that I also, you know, that I uniquely have um, from, you know, my unique experiences. So I just want to, you know, use the medium of musical theater to express, you know, all these different experiences that I have. Um, yeah. <laughs> Helen, we look forward to you exploring those layers too. Uh, unfortunately, it's a live show and we're out of time, but we appreciate the talk. And of course, congratulations on the big Tony nomination. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs>
If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.